guys, Hassle Cattle Company equals hassle-free meat life. That's right. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful U.S. of A. and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank, without any fillers, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and, and spicy, oh, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DMVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DMVR10 for 10% off any orders over $200, and you receive free shipping. Check them out, and we promise you will not be disappointed. Well done, Henry Castle Free Cattle. We're having the New York strips for uh, Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, Christmas Eve. We're doing other stuff. Um, welcome in to the DMVR Draft Podcast. Uh, Andre Simone, Justin Michael, uh, Jake Schwanitz, Henry Chisholm, all here with me. It is officially draft season. People usually say that like a week leading up to the draft if they're if they're noobs and they don't have a year-round draft podcast. Um, but now it is officially draft. I mean, we had the Jets flip the Trevor Lawrence pick. All of a sudden, he stayed in Jacksonville. Uh, as if his life wasn't great enough, he doesn't have to pay state taxes now. I mean, what, what a phenomenal revelation for Trevor, who gets to stay pretty close to home as well. Uh, of course, if all that holds, we've got uh, we've got a final a final four in the college football playoffs. We've got big coaching gigs being emptied and filled left and right. Lots to talk about. But first, we had some outstanding uh, games, some outstanding conference championships, and plenty of draft storylines and high-end performers. It is dealer's choice. Performance or storyline up to you. What stood out to you this weekend? Justin, let it roll. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's I, my condolences to Heisman voters. And, and that was, you know, I, I talked so much going <laughs> into last one. weekend. Somebody's going to solidify themselves this weekend, you know, as that Heisman front runner. And then uh, Mac Jones went for 418 yards, five touchdowns. Najee Harris also went for five touchdowns. And just to make things even more complicated, Devontae Smith went for 15 catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. And that's not even bringing up what Kyle Trask did for Florida. Yeah. Man. What it's just all about offense. Obviously, it was easy to crack the jokes about, oh, nobody in the SEC plays defense and yada yada yada. Truth is, nobody in the country plays defense right now. But you know, it, it was fun. It's a lot of points. Should be an interesting playoff with Same. each game featuring, you know, 60, 70 plus points every single time. 
I mean, that was basketball on grass. That was incredible. I wouldn't be surprised if we had three finalists from the same team. Um, Najee, Devante, and Mac might just be the three. I think they probably split each other when it, you know, with voters. Because how do you not recognize what Trask did just statistically? Yeah, and I mean, Zach Wilson's maybe making a a bit of a late push. Uh, I'm, you know, hard to gauge how much, you know, Twitter hype is going to really come through but you're right uh i i can't remember honestly a heisman race this open it's wow yeah i have no idea who's gonna win yeah no me neither me neither uh jake storyline or performance that stood out to you my man uh mine's kind of a combination of the both uh the performances from the running backs this weekend was insane to watch uh three in particular obviously Najee harris just completely rolling over florida on the ground and then through the air as well, showing that he's probably the best all-around back in the country. Then yeah. Travis Etienne, also a great performance. You saw the home run speed. We know what he is basically. And then how about Trey Sermon? We waited a long time for him to make a big pop appearance for Ohio State after transferring from Oklahoma, and he just goes off for the school record in rushing yards and finally shows glimpses of the player he used to be at Oklahoma. So just yeah. a very exciting weekend for those three guys. Um, and to wrap, wrap it all up, Najee Harris was just unbelievable. I, I just don't he know. Was. I texted you guys. He's undisputed running back one to me at this point. I don't know how. I mean, maybe there's a conversation with ETN, but I don't think it's close anymore. How early would you draft him, Jake? I think we need to talk about him in the first round. Yeah. I think he is very complete and, you know, he kind of reminds me of Saquon sometimes when he's doing his thing on the field, man, just physically dominant, super elusive and agile. He's got the speed. He's probably got better hands than Saquon at that point. So I think we really need to talk about Najee Harris as a first round running back. That's exciting. What's exciting is those three backs you mentioned love this one as well. We get to see more of them in big-time matchups because they're all going to the playoffs, so that's really fun. Hankster, what you got for us? Well, this is kind of a lame one because he isn't draft-eligible this year, but Kayvon Thibodeau yes, Henry, yes. is unbelievable. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like it, It's just absurd. Yeah. I, it's tough to put it into words. And what really sucks from my standpoint right now, like as I sit in this chair and try to explain it, is that so much of what he does, does doesn't get like counted in the stats in any way. Like oh, there's I know. so many hurries, so many times where he's just like clogging things up or he's pushing somebody back into a quarterback where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, that's another play that Kayvon Thibodeau just ended himself. You know that- he- Box score is shocking. He had like one sack, two tackles for a loss. I swear he was in the backfield all day. And I mean, he wrecked that game. You, you, I think, texted that in our group chat, like in the first quarter, he's wrecking this game. That didn't end for four quarters. He was absurd. We should mention, this is the defensive end from Oregon. He's a sophomore, true sophomore, top recruit in the country. Los Angeles kid. And if this is another storyline in that game is Oregon winning the recruiting battles for some key guys in LA, the top corner who has a key interception, Thibodeau, those are kids from LA proper that beat USC down. That was wild. But Thibodeau, you're right, Hank. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I mean, he's just incredible. And like incredible. you said, he had the sack, he had the two tackles for loss. He had a, uh, he had a batted ball at the line. 
as well. But even that, I feel like, just doesn't do it justice. He he ended the game. You know, you can look at what Keaton Slovis did and say, like, wow, that was disappointing, which it definitely was. But that is equal parts Kayvon Thibodeau in this defense as it is him doing it himself. But luckily, I mean, with three interceptions, there's plenty of blame to go around. Um, Yamador Lenore, the cornerback you brought up, very yeah. glad you did that because he did have a big pick. He does that a lot. He's he's another good DB in the Pac-12. They're starting to show up more and more. Another subplot in that is, man, I'm watching that game. I'm thinking if Oregon was at full strength without all those opt-outs, I'm talking Penny Sewell. I'm talking Javon Holland. I'm talking their other top corners like Thomas Graham. Maybe that would have been a real, uh, you know, in an alternate universe where the Pac-12 plays the whole slate like everyone else. Maybe they do have a real shot to be a playoff team, but that was great. We've seen this from the Bosa's. We've seen this from Chase Young. We've seen this from top prospects like Trevor Lawrence, who kind of announced themselves right at the end of those true sophomore seasons. Thibodeau absolutely did that as I'm creating that, uh, you know, 2022 board, which we talked about some in the last pod with the quarterbacks. He is right at the top of that list. Um, and speaking at the top of big boards, that's my storyline. And it's obviously Trevor Lawrence is untouchable. Justin Fields has been so good this year and so key as a leader off the field this offseason in even getting football back that it's gotten lost that he, he, unlike Lawrence Sewell generational talents, he is a mere mortal in a really good offense that covers up some stuff. And against Northwestern, we saw a lot of kinks in the armor. Chinks in the armor? Yeah, chinks. Um, and I don't know. I went back tonight to watch some Zach Wilson. The worst game Zach Wilson has is against Coastal. Zach Wilson has way more NFL throws against Coastal than Justin Fields has against uh, Northwestern. And those two interceptions are horrendous horrendous and against a, a a better opponent an opponent that has an offense that could keep up they're losing that game and i know the the kid from northwestern makes an insane one-handed all-time interception in the end zone that's some god-awful pass that was so behind him so and that was the story so underthrown and that was the story all game ball placement god-awful and call it though why why called that i'm, I'm sorry for interrupting yeah no please do that play frustrated me beyond belief Yeah, because we just talked about what Trey Sermon was doing. He was running for 11 yards a carry wow. and you throw a goal line fade coordinators should be fired for these types of decisions. Yeah. Why do you get so cute? And Northwestern did the same thing. They were running the ball really well out of that wildcat set. They get down to the red zone. They try to throw a goal line fade. They turn it over, run the ball, just run the ball. No, I mean, you're right. It's coaching malpractice. It's the kind of stuff that, you know, Oh, the analytics guy told me to convert every fourth down and go for every two-point conversion. How about you run it in with your running back that's averaging 8.9 per carry when, you know, like, like just take it. It's a gimme, take it. Um, so you're right, Justin, but he was, and so ball placement was just bad. Uh, but the, the big knock on fields, I think, is that just everything's a bit delayed in that Ohio State offense makes up for a lot of that. But we saw those timing issues. I mean, he holds on to it too much. He doesn't always feel pressure too great. And I really think um, 
hasn't just oh, the door hasn't just opened up for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, if I was to handicap this, I would say is the favorite to be the second quarterback taken. So I think that's kind of a major shift in uh, this draft class. Loved all of those. I was almost wondering, oh, do, do I need to suggest some for the guys? Those were phenomenal. Also, the SEC championship, insane. I mean, the playmakers there were wild. I loved Such what you said about game. the running backs, Jake. Yeah, that was, I mean, just great college football day across the board. Um, Hank, let's take a quick break. We're going to talk some news. We're going to get into, actually, let's do the news now. Psych. You fast forwarded. We're talking news instead. Um, coaching carousel in full swing right now, NFL and college football. We have our first big vacancy filled. Justin, run us through all the news. Auburn, they have their coach, War Eagle. They have Crazy. gone out to uh, the vast lands of Boise, Idaho and plucked Brian Harson out of Boise. Interesting, interesting hire. Uh, Harson's a guy who's been floated for a bunch of P5 jobs over the years. Oh, yeah. One of those dudes, though, just because he is an alum, you know, you kind of wondered what type of job would it actually take to pull him away. Apparently, it's Auburn. Uh, been an interesting situation because a couple of guys were supposedly in the mix at Auburn and then not in the mix. You never know in those, like, is it an agent floating? You know, is it an agent floating this out, trying to make his guy look better when in actuality he just didn't get hired? But man, Harson, I I don't I don't know if I uh, see him going to the SEC and out recruiting, you know, Saban and Lane Kiffin and some of these dudes. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. He's going to have to really put together a nice coaching staff that has deep ties in that southern region of the country because he has coached one year in FBS east of the Mississippi. It was in 2013 at Arkansas State. So not really familiar with the territory. And just interesting that we talked about this a few months ago about Gus Malzahn, how it was kind of just getting a bit stale at Auburn. And this year, I didn't think it was really warranted to fire him because, I mean, yeah, you're, you're not really competing at the top of the division, but still they weren't terrible. And I know he recruited him, but Bo Nix is not really the quarterback. I think that Gus Malzahn yeah. or Auburn needs. So it was just kind of an uphill battle at that point. Um, and you know, Auburn's really kind of shown they're like a once every three, four year team when it comes to really contending. And they have been one of the, I guess, three teams, uh, you count Clemson, LSU, and then Auburn that have really given Alabama a fight over the past decade. So it's just a surprise to see them really just ditch Malzahn really at the first sign of struggle, I, could, I would say. I mean, has he really struggled besides this year before? I mean, it's all relative to expectations, I think, is the problem. You know, for, for us, eight wins is not a struggle. Uh, to people in Colorado and who follow college football in this region, far from a struggle. We would sign for that in blood most years, uh, but in Auburn, where they got spoiled just recently with a natty. Uh, yeah, I guess that isn't enough. Uh, Hank, you've been on this Buffs beat two years, and you've got to cover two carousels. You, I know you've written many pieces where the Boise State coach was always kind of a name that's floated out there. As Justin said, he's been a candidate for many years. Um, are you surprised by this hire? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely surprised. Um, 
you know, for I, both sides, right? It's a marriage oh, where like both sides, the attraction from either side is kind of confused. Yeah, seriously. Just real quick. Um, Harson wanted out of the Mountain West. I mean, I, I, I really think that's what it came down to. There've been a bunch of reports that surfaced about how he was pushing for Boise to make a, you know, a move to the American. He, he just doesn't feel like the Mountain West is big time enough. I guess he got his way out, but he's going to find out real, you know, real quickly. But the grass isn't always greener. Yeah, on a weird carousel where Auburn kind of the bell of the ball. Because Texas isn't going to pull the trigger. USC is going to kick the can down the road another year. Um, you know, Oregon. Do we think top guys on. are waiting because of that? Could be. It's weird. I mean, Mario Cristobal got another big contract out of it, which is like, boy, bless these Oregon coaches that barely do anything, you know, and, and just get like new contracts after a year and a half of I mean, um, stuff. A couple Pac-12 titles. No, you're right. You're right. He's actually been like on a per year basis, more successful than like Chip Kelly or just about anyone at Oregon, small sample size, but, but, but you're correct. But I mean, again, those, the, the, the SEC was scaring um, Oregon enough to pull the trigger and, you know, renew him. And I think it's interesting how the SEC hiring trends are kind of changing. You know, it used to be, they were really focused on guys that fit that region. Lately, Mike Leach and uh, this hire, I mean, we're seeing them go a little more off the reservation, be a little more creative and uh, not as stuck in their ways of just going after SEC and ACC coaches. Yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead, Hank. Okay. Um, yeah. Just to go back to that, though, like, I, I, don't, I don't think Brian Harson is, is an upgrade. You know, like, like just to me, when you're, when you say, would you rather have Gus Malzahn or Brian Harson as your head coach, I would take Malzahn. And I think that that is kind of my initial reaction to the hiring. Um, but then also like what, what uh, Jake was saying, why did you fire him? There was a great tweet today. I wish I could remember who sent it, but it was basically said like Auburn just fired their head coach because their in-state rival has been really good. And that's kind of what it feels like is like, it's kind of just like, well, Bama can do it. Why aren't we doing it? And that's why it's not that good of a job. This is my point that I keep trying to come back to over and over again. It's expectations. Yes, you can win at Auburn. Yes, you can have success, but you got to catch lightning in a bottle because consistently on a long-term basis, you're not going to out recruit Saban. You're not going to out recruit Florida. You're not going to out recruit LSU. I think what Ole Miss has Georgia. got going with Lane Kiffin's going to be interesting. Yeah, it, it's a tough gig. It really is. Quickly, yeah. Gus, someone's going to get a hell of an OC, right? Seriously. So, or then, Boise um, should just like go after him as that yeah, coach. Just like, do you the know, old swoop swap. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you're trying to win the like higher grades on 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 the web, I'm sure that would do it for you. Uh, but no. There was a story in the athletic that was a, uh, it was just like interviewing a bunch of different, uh, different coaches who have different positions on different college football teams. Um, and just asked them like, what are the biggest misconceptions about recruiting? And I went through a bunch of questions, but one of the things that really stuck with me is that a couple of them said like success doesn't matter. 
Like it, it doesn't matter unless it was in the last five years. Otherwise the kids really don't care. Like they can't relate to it. They didn't pay attention at the time. Yeah. It's just not going to mean much to him. And on top of that, he thinks that success within the last five years is overrated as well. And I thought that that was interesting. And it, that's kind of like a, a perspective that I take when I look at this Auburn team where it's like, you're not like, like Justin was saying, you're not going to be able to bring in the type of talent that Alabama is. Yeah. To yeah. that point, I think I understand the situation a lot more as a Michigan fan because I feels like Michigan's in the same exact position where they're playing second fiddle to Ohio State and they are recruiting decently well. I mean, they were another, I think, top 20 class again this year, but Ohio State was right there at number two. They had like three right. or four, four, five-star guys. You're just not going to be able to compete with that. And while I get why some fans might want John Harbaugh or I guess Gus Malzahn in this case out, it's not really a year to go around hiring just like the hot candidate i mean just the inconsistency in games played uh it's just not it's hard to you know showcase that uh you don't really get those hot ocs hot dcs because there's just less opportunities to play games also the big kind of i guess not power five coaches uh jamie chadwell at coastal he signed an extension so he was already out of it before this even really started uh billy napier um Louisiana, he was right. kind of flirting with the South Carolina job, and that's it. He already recommitted back to uh, Louisiana again. So, and then you got throwing Mario Cristobal. He got the extension at Oregon yeah. as well. So, yeah. unless you're like swinging for the fences, going for like a Matt Campbell or I don't know somewhere, someone along those lines, it's really a hard year to look for a new head coach and just kind of scrap it all and start it all over. It's just really difficult. Yeah, and I think probably just you know returning scholarships that's going to be a weird thing you know obviously money is going to be different to pump into resources so you can't sell coaches as much and like make a ton of promises of oh we're doing all these upgrades and we're committing to this that and the other because you're a bit more in wait and see mode with that so yeah it's uh it's an interesting situation any other uh interesting openings uh out there I guess Matt Campbell's always a name that could be out there. I know Arizona's come open, right? Yeah. Arizona's yeah. open. They got rid of They're going to go get Brent Brennan from San Jose State. That feels like a lock. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, w- it would make a lot of sense. I don't have any. You got the region. I mean, it. you got the ties. I don't know. It, it just seems like that would make too much sense. That's a job I would want if I'm an up-and-coming coach. I would love to step into Boise or San Diego state, just a well-oiled machine in a conference where you're already at the tippy top, you know, come in, win for two, three years. Everyone gives me the credit for just not screwing it up. And then I can move along. I mean, sign me up, especially San Diego. That sounds lovely right now. Um, (laughs) I thought you meant that uh, you, you really wanted the Arizona job. And I was like, well, wait, really? And I tried to like think it through. I was like, well, Grant Cannell's kind of nice, but he's gone. Like, like, what do they have going there? Decent talent in Arizona, I guess. Like, yeah, no, it's uh, Tucson's a, tough... a nice place. I don't know. That's about it's it. All right. I mean, it's uh, like Arizona, don't they? It's a basketball school. Tough place to be a football coach. Yeah, yeah. it's not great. Not a ton of guys have had massive success. There's a school, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe you should have hung on to Rich Rod a little longer. So tried to see that out. Wilson? 
something to be said for continuity uh lesson for us all all right guys we got to get a mock in because we've been jonesing we got to do it broncos drafting around 13 but before we do that a special someone has a special shout out for another special someone hank take it away I'm I'm the special someone. <laughs> you nailed it. Is the other special someone? Was there another special something in there? Nope. I think that's uh, like, that's. Maybe I was whole... just hearing extra specials. I was trying to piece it all together. Uh the 2021 basketball season is here. The teams around the league took the off season to retool and revamp, and are ready to hit the court. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has rolled out another one of their can't-miss offers. Trying DraftKings Sportsbook is easy, so what are you waiting for? Get in on all of the action now. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new players 100 to 1 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any featured matchup this week, and if your team wins, you cash a crisp $100. While we're all excited for the return of basketball, let's not forget it. Football's playoffs are right around the corner. So head to the app now to check out all of DraftKings daily odds boosts. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any featured matchup this week. That's code DMVR for new players to get a shot at $100 on any featured matchup this week for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Beautiful. Buff's going to cover this 10-point spread or what? Because I've got a parlay riding on this, and I could take the mm. cash out right now. Oh. Mm, I, I have cash out opportunity. It was like a classic slow-starting Buffs game. Like, they've had so many of these this year. But also... I just took my cash out away, so I guess well, we're riding it. 10 it points. I didn't have... A good idea for you. Well, I'm, there you I'm go. On my seat, I'll say that. I probably would have. I, I'm more times than not, I'm patient and it'll probably bite me, but yeah, well, that's probably a good strategy, though. Um, let's start. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, nothing to talk about. The Jets at two, though, is where it gets interesting because of my storyline in the opening segment. I just don't see them being able to stick with Sam Darnold. Um, I just don't. Uh, so vote around the room here. If they're replacing Sam Darnold, who is your replacement? Hank, go. Oh, my goodness. I didn't want to be yeah. first on this one. So many times I want to be first, but this was the opposite of that time. Oh. Um, uh, it is really hard. I mean, to yeah. me, Justin Fields is electric. He's proven. Yeah. He's done it for years. There are questions about his arm, but there have been questions about guys' arms before. And he's just so fast. The playmaking ability jumps off the screen. And you have to think, like, if you're looking for a franchise guy, you're not looking for somebody who's fast enough and athletic enough to fit into the NFL in 2021. You're thinking, what is the NFL going to be in 2036? And I think you need a lot better athletes at quarterback then than you currently have right now. And so I think that the skill set that he has projects better going forward. At the same time, you have Patrick Mahomes, who will actually be the best quarterback in the NFL for that entire time frame. And Zach Wilson does a lot of things that I think are very similar to what he does. To me, I'm going Zach Wilson, and uh, I, 
I'm I'm not excited. That's what the sound is. Loves a good sidearm, old Zach Wilson. Jake, you agree? I do agree. I like what Hank said about Fields. I do think he is, I mean, I guess other than Trevor Lawrence, because he showed on Saturday that he's a dual threat as well. Justin Fields has to be the best dual threat uh, quarterback coming out in this class. Maybe you could throw Derek King in there. Anyways, yeah, Zach Wilson, I think, is the guy. I think he's really elevated his level of play this year, especially when you just look at the production. Um, he's kind of just strung games together, even in that Coastal game, like you said, Andre, when it yeah. was, you know, kind of odds against him and they were actually getting a decent rush on him and they were really, they had him flustered, especially after that halftime cheap shot. Yeah. He really responded well and he almost led a game winning drive, which would have really capped off his resume for this year. I think inches away. Super Bowl, what was that? 33, I think it was yeah, the yeah. Titans Rams. Yep, yep. Um, but Zach Wilson, I think has really built up his resume well. And yeah. I think he fits in this number two spot. I do kind of wonder though, is he a bit too similar to Sam Darnold? I mean, he's kind of that improvisational, yeah. you know, kind yep. of out of structure quarterback. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's more the flashes than the full substance that got you intrigued. Similar to Darnold, that's what scares me about Wilson. When I, I wonder is how much of an upgrade is he on lock? Uh, Justin, clean sweep, or will it come down to my vote? You guys just watched that that SEC championship game, mm-hmm. Mac Jones. I knew this was coming. Why you bowl game tonight? Wow, just wow, toasting wow. it, just toasting. That, that Florida defense all season. He does it every week. Five touchdowns, 400 yards, 60, 70% of the passes. What more does Mac have to do to put himself in that conversation for QB2? I hope to God he doesn't end up with the Jets. But I think when he wins the Heisman and when he wins a national championship, his draft stock's really going to rise. He's going to. If he wins a natty, now we're talking Love the bravado taking Zach Wilson though. Zach Wilson, you're going to New York jets fans. Yeah. It kind of sucks. I'm sorry. Um, Cincy three penny Sewell. I don't think we need to talk about this. We need to get to the Broncos anyways. Number four. Now I like this fit for Justin Fields. Now I like this fit for Justin Fields. This could be fun. This could be electric. Uh, Justin, are we in agreement? Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. I just don't, I wouldn't take Justin Fields in the top 10. Wow. Wow. I know, like, I know how ah, they could, I know they need one, but I don't know, man. I just, you, you need players at that point, and it just feels like a gamble. At, am I crazy? No, I don't, that's I just, a gamble. The lack of arm strength. I mean, I don't know about lack of arm strength. He can push it. We, We've seen some good stuff from from Fields. But again, playoffs for him are going to matter a decent amount. Definitely. Are going to matter. I mean, there are some questions. There are definitely some questions. It reminds me a bit of Deshaun's draft year, honestly. Uh, Jake, what are you thinking here? And Justin, we're going to come back to you. If it's not Justin Fields, you're going to have to give us a plausible alternative. I do like Fields in the spot, especially if I would... It's like a 99% chance if you keep Joe Brady. I don't think he's quite a head coaching candidate yet, but he, I think, could really take almost any of these top five quarterbacks and make it work or at least make, I don't know, make it appear like it works, I guess. Um, I do think it function. Exactly. 
Uh, I do have some kind of concerns about Justin Fields that, I mean, I thought it was nitpicky stuff, but it just keeps on showing up in the same game. Like you said, Andre, the processing, I just feel like he's not as on as some of the other guys, specifically Lawrence and Wilson at times, you know, just decisive with the ball, uh, ball placement we could get into. But that's the thing. When you see him on some rollouts, he really kind of takes his time to just line up that throw. And it, that's concerning yeah. to me because those windows close very, very quickly in the yes. NFL. Although at this point, I do like the fit. Uh, this team is kind of that new age spread offense, speed all over mm-hmm. the field, add another speed element at quarterback. I like it. Hank? Uh, I'm, I'm convinced. I think it is there you go. Justin Fields. The Joe Brady arguments what did it for me by the way just so you know Jake in case you have well that's why I was saying Carolina was such a good fit I I, I assumed we were you know I, I forget his name though I call him Joe Barry so I I try to not say his name you know so I won't do that um five Atlanta Falcons oh boy um this team man yeah 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 the dirty birds really something else it's going to be interesting to see where they go with their coaching hire um could go all over i think they really could use a rusher um on that defense and that's an interesting conversation to have as far as who's the best rusher um, right now and you could also make a case for mac jones so this is where we finally kind of have an open look at uh draft options shame they don't need a wide receiver because that would make a lot of sense here uh fellas help help guide me here jake you got some ideas so i looked at the edges as well um Particularly Russo, I think that would be more of the way they would go. Although, I mean, we don't know who's going to be GM here or head coach at this point. So this pick is just floating in midair, 500 feet above the ground. Um, But I think that they would rather go the Russo route, you know, that more prototypical uh, size rusher rather than those kind of bendy speed guys they were getting in there, uh, Vic Beasley before. So, I mean, I don't know if Russo is as proven. Got to dig into the tape a bit more. Uh, but I mean, not really, but that's yeah. this draft. Micah Parsons would be intriguing. Uh, that's who I wanted to bring up just because that's an edge rusher. And that's the thing. But yeah. do you, are you, do you, are you dead set on edge rusher? Because, you know, just because you have Deion Smith doesn't mean that you can't take another just good linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that I would be very tempted by that because then you have a strength on your defense. Your linebackers are now a strength. Because right now they don't have a strength anywhere. And it yeah. seems like they're just trying to patch holes. And it turns out to like maybe some pieces they're able to get up to average. But for the most part, they suck. Um, so I think yeah. Michael Parsons just solidifying that identity would make a lot of sense. But, I mean, Patrick Sertain. And the, there are so many ways that you can go with this pick. I can be convinced to go with any of them. Would you That's go what you do, Justin. Two second year in a row, though? Yeah. Mm. Atlanta hasn't had a good secondary in my lifetime. Sertan, you can't miss. You have a number five pick. Get somebody. I love what Henry said. Right now, they have no strengths on their defense. So go sure one up. Go solidify something, whether that's linebacker, corner, something. Just give yourself a chance on the defensive end because week after week, they score 30 plus points. They get up. And they lose because that defense sucks. 
whatever they'd be, it's got to be the defensive side of the ball. I'm uh, so we've got a three way, three votes Russo, Parsons, Sertain. I'm gonna go Parsons. I'm intrigued by that fit. I'm intrigued by the NFL really falling in love with him. I love that we don't let him fall to the Cowboys, which is where he wants to go. I don't really love Parsons, honestly. I think uh, he's got tons of tools, but he's not one specific thing, which is gonna be a problem. But all these defensive prospects, no one's a sure thing. Uh, and anyone in this top 10 who has defensive needs is going to end up reaching and making questionable calls. That's just the deal. Uh, so maybe they'll re- maybe they'll just trade down and let someone wants a quarterback come get him. That would make more sense. But at six, we have the Miami Dolphins, uh, wide receiver, linebacker, O-line, biggest needs, but no need to go away from wide receiver. Justin, I've got a feeling I know who you would take at this position. Yeah, it's my guy, Devontae Smith. Mm-mm. I mean, you pair him up with Tua, it's just too perfect. You can't, re- I mean, there's a lot of good receivers. You can't no. really go wrong. I mean, adding any totally. of these guys. I love Jalen Waddle, especially pre injury. But I just, with what Devontae's done, and, you know, you add him to a quarterback he's already played with, that just, it seems like it makes too much sense. I know I'm a Bama guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm really not trying to do this. I've gone Bama picks three in a row, but I just think it makes sense. I mean, they're playing like the best team in the country, so we can't fault you too much. Jake, Jamar Chase, or Kyle Pitts intrigue you uh, at all, or you're all in on Devontae Smith being reunited with Tua? Kyle Pitts, maybe if you yeah. want to kind of go a bit more 12, 22 personnel right, times, right. kind of like the, I guess, modern shift in the NFL is getting more tight ends on the field. Yeah. But I just don't know if you have the opportunity to take Devontae Smith and Tua Tungabailo as your quarterback, I just yeah. to get that relationship going again, how do you not jump at the chance? So I would, I'm going to stick with Justin here and go Devontae. Thank you with us. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here, you know, mm. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, do you, have you seen enough of Tua's arm and success with him passing the football to think we want to be throwing the ball more, like let's give him more weapons. And what I came down with is, yeah, you've committed to him. Tua's your guy. You got to give him a chance. And to do that, you have to give him weapons. At the same time though, I do think that next year, if, if they're trying to win more games next year, they're probably better off adding another piece to that defense. I think, I think more than a wide receiver, more than an offensive playmaker, somebody to work off of what can help a young quarterback is just asking him to put up 21 points instead of getting into any shootouts. Um, and, and so with Sertan sitting on the board, just not just because I think it's good to have a little bit of difference of opinion, but I, I do. Let's throw Patrick Sertan in this conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, opposite Xavier Howard, that could be intriguing. And a coach like Brian Flores could definitely, you know, they've got Preston Williams. They've got Devontae Parker. Um, but I'm going Smith. Uh, I think he fits the identity. I think that's great matching him back up. Gasecki is there, so Kyle Pitts doesn't tempt me too much. Seventh pick for the Eagles, though, I think it's the similar debate you just brought up, Henry, because as desperate as the Eagles are for wide receiver help, Though, boy, that offense and those wide receivers don't look like quite the bums they did a couple weeks ago, all of a sudden that there's a change at quarterback. Or 
do they go with Patrick Sertain and shore up the secondary because uh, they can't cover them and they can't get open. So wide receivers, corners, they don't really care. Just get us more talent. And I think Jamar Chase and uh, Sertain, either one kind of staring you in the face. So I would add Caleb Farley to this mix. Hank? I'd go Sertain. That, mm. That'd be that'd be mine. Um, I, I think that he's too good to be still on the board at this point, I guess. Um, and just for consistency's sake, I feel like, you know what? We, we've seen enough from Jalen Hurts. He can get something out of that offense. Um, it'd be nice to get him a Jamar Chase or something like that. I think what he needs is a defense. I, I think what he needs is to not have to score so many points. Um, and so I'll go certain over Russo or Pay. You're not on a long, Jake. You're down. I Yeah, I like the defensive side of the ball, but, I mean, they just took Rager first round last year. I think it's yeah. too early to kind of give up on him. He was hurt this year. Um, I don't know their cap situation, so I think they'd be smarter for them to spend money maybe on, like, a wide receiver two or three type and then invest in this defense. Although, we come back to the same situation we asked on Carolina. You have Zach Ertz kind of on the way out. Is Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts a guy that you could think about here? Interesting. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Shame as they have Dallas Goddard, who they drafted top 50 not too long they ago. They drafted either. Goddard when they had Ertz. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Um, But you are sticking with Sertain. Yeah, I'll go with Sertain. Justin, you're going along with that. Okay, nothing I can do. I would have gone Jamar Chase for um, the sake of that argument. I've seen Jalen Hurts with CeeDee Lamb. I think you give this man uh, Chase to compliment Rager. We could have some fun. Uh, but I certainly don't fault you guys for going with Sertain. Number eight, the Dallas Cowboys. Everything's on the board, mostly defense, but uh, don't underestimate quarterback even or O-line, which was like an absolute strength. This is another one where I could use some guidance. Uh, Any ideas, fellas? Jake, what you looking at? I'm looking at the offensive lineman. I think it's a bit too early for Vera Tucker, who is kind of one of my draft crushes just because of the versatility on the offensive line, which is what I think Dallas is missing at this point. I mean, you've seen they had to move Zach Martin all the way to right tackle and just kind of shift everyone around when uh, people started getting hurt. Although you do have Caleb Farley staring you in the face. Um, yeah. I, I would probably say between Vera Tucker, maybe Derisaw, and Farley's where I'd go. I'll go Derisaw. Hmm. Don't mind that. Don't love it either, though. Don't love it either. No cow pits here. Uh, that's man. Wherever he goes is going to make that team so much fun, man. Just yeah. because he's kind of that blend between a receiver and a tight end. And I mean, when he's on the field, you're kind of in eleven and twelve personnel at the same at the same time. Yeah, that's an upgrade on Dallas Schultz too. Um, Justin, Jake just laid out a plan. We've got some options. Where are you going? I considered Quiddy Pay. I, I mean, I think they need some defensive upgrade. Yeah. I think the edge is just getting after the quarterback is an area in general where they could improve. Yeah. Linebacker, I think they could improve. They just have a tough time staying healthy there, it feels like. For sure. But now that you floated pits, 
I mean, Jerry loves those flashy guys. Jason Witten, one of the you know best players, at least in modern franchise history. Yep. No matter who's your quarterback, you could use a guy like Kyle Pitts. You have the speed at wide receiver. Oh, that could, I mean, with what they have at that wide receiver core and Ezekiel Elliott coming out of the backfield, who the hell do you stop? I mean, they're just some, you could get very Chiefs-esque with yes. that offense very quickly. Correct. Henry, have you have have we sold you pits? Oh, oh no! I, again, the Patrick Sutane's still on the board. No, no, he's gone. Oh, really? No, Where did he go? Last. Philly, Philly, last. Oh, pick. okay. I gave them Chase on mine. Oh well, oh. now I mean Pitts sounds. Pretty... No, you won us over with the Sertain argument. Pitts, oh, it is, huh? Oh wow! I thought <laughs> I lost that one. Um, yeah, I, 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 Pitts is tempting. You know, with especially with the uh, the history of the tight ends. Um. There, it's just come so on, hard. Hank. Take him away from the Chargers. We don't want to give him the Chargers. Come on, Hank. Do it, and you're cool. It's number nine, Chargers. Um, honestly, maybe they thank us for taking Pitts off the board because they can focus on the real area of need for them, which is the offensive line. Uh, Jake nominated Darisaw on the last pick. I would nominate him on. This one, knock on wood, if you're with me, Henry, you want to give us your your counter argument? No, everyone's knocking on wood. We're keeping it moving. Um, next pick, the New York Giants. <sighs> Interesting. Um, they've done a lot without their starting quarterback, without their star running back. It kind of feels like all right, things might be better. They've lost a star wide receiver from LSU and got some draft capital in return. Maybe it's time to go back to uh, down in the, the Bayou Bay and, uh, and pick up another stud wide receiver in Jamar Chase. Fellas, thoughts? Go Tigers. There you go. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Daniel no, but, guy. Sorry. I was going to say. Like, like, I mean – when the argument is, well, the offense looks good now that they got rid of the quarterback. Like Colt McCoy can't be the starter next year. Like, is is this a conversation? Could they consider going Mac Jones, Trask here? I mean, it should be a conversation. Definitely should be a conversation. I mean, we don't have to have every Trey Lance maybe. Yeah, Trey Lance could be in the mix here for sure. I mean, Mac Jones could be in the mix. Uh, I, I just don't know how you justify replacing Daniel Jones with Trey Lance. The thing on this one is if Gettleman is still there, I right. think that it's not a quarterback because Daniel Jones was his pick. I'm sure he's committed to building around him. If right. they're kind of done with Gettleman and they try to bring in, I don't know, Lewis Riddick or whoever the hot GM candidate is, then right. I could see quarterback. So we'll, we'll act like Gettleman's still here in April and we'll go, I, I would say Chase. Right. I think it's still a year where they got to say, okay, we'll trust you that he's the guy. Let, we'll let you get him another weapon to really prove it. Cause now no more excuses. You've got Ingram, you've got Sterling Shepard in the slot. You've got Jamar Chase outside. You've got Saquon Barkley. You've got Andrew Thomas and the O-line they've invested in. All of a sudden you've got a lot more pieces than Daniel Jones had when he came in. We are just two picks away from the Broncos. I actually really like the look of this top 10. Uh, the Detroit Lions at 11 are um, selecting here. 
And I mean, could they be looking for a new quarterback to kind of liven things up? Right. We in Denver, we've there's been plenty of chatter of Matthew Stafford uh, next year. Could could Detroit be considering um, you know a different direction? This is another situation where we don't really know who will be in charge, who's really drafting or selecting here. So it's a bit more of a shot in the dark. Um, I will take any and all suggestions here. Justin, you want to pound the table for Mac Jones? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I just, he makes sense there given their history that spread offense just kind of lighted up on the turf. Let's try and throw the ball 50 times a game. I, I could see that him being a logical replacement to Matthew Stafford. I could also see them kind of wanting to go a different route because it didn't exactly work out that well for them. So, Ever. you know, maybe you try and sure up the defense. <laughs> this is yeah. interesting because I just looking at the numbers here, I don't know if Matthew Stafford will be moved before the June 1st cutoff. He, they save a lot more money once you wait after that June 1st cutoff, moving Stafford or cutting him. Um, so you're, you're kind of at a wash if you move on from him before the draft at that point, I guess. I mean, you're going to be admitting to yourself that you're rebuilding, and is that the ideal situation to throw a quarterback into? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Mac Jones, Trey Lance would both be intriguing, but I, uh, I would t- – I mean, if I was them, I would kind of run it back, but I don't know that that's what they'll do. I really get a feeling that they will – and I mean, who knows? Maybe that's the Sam Darnold candidate. Maybe that's a team that tries to trade for Mariota or tries to trade for Derek Carr or tries to trade for Carson um, Wentz. Jesus, I almost forgot Carson Wentz's name. I mean, yikes, guys. The Raiders uh, would be crazy to trade Derek Carr, wouldn't they? With so few guaranteed quarterbacks right now? Probably. Probably. But also- I'm not saying I'm in love with the guy. I'm just saying, like... Man, that's a gamble. I know. I think Gruden has a hard time committing to quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think Mariota could go off a couple times. I guess, is Derek Carr playing this week? I don't think so. No, I think it's Mariota still. But, I mean, again, it's Tuesday. We're recording this kind of early. We should remind people. Um, All right. Well, this is an open one because if we don't go quarterback, like Justin suggested, what are our viable alternatives? I've got one. Yeah. So, I mean, last year you traded away Darius Slay, and I don't think this secondary is very good. You've got Caleb Farley there. Yeah. You got Jace Horn as well. Yeah. So, you got some options. I think cornerback is something that you definitely look at if Matthew Stafford's your guy. Yep. Highest guy on on my board would be Gregory Russo. They've tried to invest in that position, I don't think, very well. Um, Henry, where are you leaning here? Uh, I mean, I could see them going to the trenches. I think that'd be pretty easy to justify on either side of the ball, but cornerback makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's probably where I'd fall at the end of the day. But I mean, it's just tough because there may not be a team in the league that is so up in the air. Like every position you could justify. I mean, if they, if they want to go after Jalen Waddle and add a speed threat, you could yeah. justify that too. I mean, yeah. Kyle Pitts, Cherry of Hawkinson, doubling up on tight ends is a fun thing to do. I don't know. Like there's just so many ways they could go Stafford, no Stafford. I I do think it's cornerback, but the trenches aren't far behind unless it's quarterback. Caleb Farley by majority. 
Uh, no, I went Gregory Russo, who would be the highest guy on my board. Um, so I actually let Henry be the decider, and he just took cornerback. So All right, there you is. go. Yep. Um, which makes this Broncos pick even more interesting. We only have one last obstacle. It is the San Francisco 49ers at 12. Quarterback uh, should be in the mix here, but it wouldn't be Mac Jones. For Shanahan, I think, Justin, you, you'd you agree, not Mac Jones territory, much more Trey Lance here. I could, I could see Shanahan thinking, I'm the guy to make this work with Trey Lance. I could definitely see that. Oh, my God, of course. I still I, – I really do think Trey Lance is going to be a top 20 pick, and it's going to make me really nervous the entire time because I would just much rather see him be – Jalen Hurts, a guy that slips to the second round and ends up in a situation where there's less yeah. pressure. I'm intrigued. I'm just not a, a firm believer, especially in a situation where it's kind of been a, a weird revolving door at quarterback like it has been for San Francisco. I don't know, man. I just that's tough. But now that you brought it up, I could really see it because do we do we really believe in Jimmy G long term based no on what we've seen at this point? No, it can't stay healthy beyond do we believe in him. No. Yeah, I'm, beyond that, he can't even stay on the field. I'm fully team Trey Lance. I'm I I think you could do a lot worse than being a backup in a Shanahan system. I mean, that's pretty nice. It's not hurts being drafted in the second, but it, it it's not that much worse. Um, Jake, I see you nodding in agreement. You're with us. You've been preaching to us for a few weeks now that Trey Lance has the tools and yeah. I, you think that the NFL is going to like him a lot more than we have so far. It's just so tough that he only played one game and we're basically going to go exclusively off of 2019 film and oh, yeah. all-star games in the combine. I mean, we have nothing to go off. We, I mean, we have the one game. I don't even remember who they played, but it was an okay showing. I mean, it wasn't it was anything rough. special. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of the holdup I have, although it would just be so much fun to watch him in that offense. I mean, the run Kyle Shanahan's a master in the run game, so you know that he could kind of make it work with Lance, you know, set up some easy throws and play action and all that. I I'm very intrigued by this fit with him going to San Francisco. Intrigued is a good word. Intrigued is a good word. I I think that if it worked out, it'd be so good. And I think that if yes. you're making the pick, then that's obviously you're planning on working out it does kind of scare me though trey lance in a system where it's like a bunch of short passes and you have to be accurate and th those sorts of things that he needs to prove that he can do at the same time though like i, I do think that he does possess a lot of the things that would make that system really fun and really yeah. exciting and consistently make it one of the better offenses in the nfl and you know i i it's just so hard to get a read on the 49ers right now. Like, I don't know what they want. And I really think they could justify getting a quarterback who might not see the field this year. Yeah. And I think the other appeal is similar to Jalen Hurts. You can kind of sell yourself on, well, it's not a wasted pick. I'll give him, I'll give him five, you know, we'll create some formations and give him five snaps a game. It'll, it'll be fun. You'll love it. And then it's like, yeah, no, no, it's not. But then why can't Right. You know who's a dark horse to trade up? Minnesota. Uh, yeah. 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 They got a lot of talent on offense. You got Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. We've seen what Justin Jefferson can do. Thielen's yeah. proven. Yeah. 
I mean, there there's pieces in place there. I could see Minnesota, especially if somebody like Lance or I don't know, maybe Mac Jones, if somebody slides to that 10 area, I, I could really see the Vikings making a push up. Not to mention New England, Chicago right around Patriot, there. Yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm. All those, although Trubisky, are, I, I hate to say it, but he's come okay. on kind of strong these last couple of weeks. Yeah, Trubisky coming on really strong. I mean, and to me, this is something that will be part of this new era of football. I don't think Tannehill is an isolated case. I think Tannehill is the start of kind of a new trend in the NFL where we give up on quarterbacks way too early. And guys like Mariota um, and, you know, so on and so forth are going to have kind of second resurgences like Trubisky. And uh, and prove they weren't such bums. And I think Sam Darnold and Drew Locke could, you know, we'll see what happens with their car. Uh, maybe those guys could be some candidates. We are finally at the Broncos pick, though. We can go quarterback. We can go defense. The top cornerbacks have been taken off the board. Jace Horn's still there. Darisaw, one of my favorite picks off the board. Plenty of options on the O-line. How are we feeling need-wise, and who is your BPA at this point? Jake, start us off. Oh, man, BPA, that's tough. I Just looking at it from a positional standpoint, I mean, you have all the edges there. We've already talked about we don't know if edge is as yeah. big of a need, but we've seen Elway kind of, when, oh, yeah. when the opportunity is there, take the guy that is proven at edge to be a nice prospect. Yeah. So that's something we got to look at. Tough guy on my board, though. That's that's a pretty difficult question at this point. Maybe Greg Russo or Jace Horn, some one of those two, I'd say. Yeah, that's not a top bad top two to have. Um, Hank, who would you lean here? Um, I think those are two really good names. I'd throw yeah. Quinny Pay in there too. Um, yeah. he's I. He seems like a good football player. Um, I, I think that his fit, you know, I, I think I like it better. And and it's kind of tough because I, I do like him with his hand in the dirt a little bit more than like a, a Russo. And so there is that question of like, where exactly does he go in the Broncos defense? But if he could play like a, a defensive end spot, it, 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 I, I think that he's just a good enough athlete with enough skills that the diversity that he provides is worth maybe having some question marks with fit. Whereas with a guy like Russo, maybe you're thinking, oh, he's kind of getting blocked by Vaughn and Chubb. Um, again, who knows if Vaughn's even there, in which case I would go Russo. Interesting. Um, Justin? Oh, man. I... I'm tempted to go corner here just because all the things we've already talked about in past weeks, we don't really know what the situation is going to be like with Bouye long-term really. I mean, the same could be said about just about everyone in that secondary. I like Russo a lot. It, you know, I, I'm not sure that pick makes as much sense if Vaughn comes back or maybe it does because he can develop and you don't have to rush him out onto the field, right. You know, right away. Right. But also at the same time, you know, is this team really good enough so where they can afford, you know, take a guy just out of luxury when, you yep. know, they just, they have so many needs. I'm, I'm going Jace Horn there. 
Did you give us an official? You're kind of Team Russo, Jake. I, I need to watch more of him. I mean, I guess you broke it down as you would be torn between Russo and Horn, which is yeah. where we've got the split. Although Quiddy Pay is very intriguing. One thing about Quiddy Pay that kind of fascinates me is when I watch him, he looks smaller than he's actually listed. I think he could yeah. add some more weight and really become a real dominant player in terms of strength and just throwing guys around a bit more. Um, so I, I, I hear who was it that suggested pay? Was that a, was that Henry or is that Justin Henry? Yeah. I could see that route. Um, Jace Horn though. I, you have to consider, especially with the boy suspension. Um, it's just something secondary. You're in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. You need guys that can cover, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, quarterback's an option as well, as well at this point. So, it, so many ways you can go here. I just, it's really hard. Mac Jones still on the board. Yep, Mac Jones is still on the board. Trask as well, though. In some people's eyes, we would be already in the third tier of quarterbacks. Um, Definitely. I, I, Lance, you know, I have Mac Jones ahead of Lance, and I'm not even all that low on Lance anymore. So, I'm glad. I'm feeling pretty good about Mac. Um, shame they don't need a wide receiver because Jalen Waddle probably the best value at this point. I love Russo, but I think all your points are uh, really well taken. And you guys know JOK, you could never go wrong with him at this pick, filling that need. You know, not really any safeties worthy. Um, so I could see that. Um, you know, I've talked. He'd be of, the most fun pick, wouldn't he? He would. He would. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. He, he'd be the heart and soul. He, you would really, he would be a fan favorite. People would really like JOK and how hard he plays and how he's all over the place. Um, and I mean, you could go edge is kind of the same situation as right tackle. Maybe it's not an immediate need, but drafting someone who you're grooming for 2022, who let's face it, you're going to suffer injuries next year anyways. So you can, plug them in. Um, and, you know, I, I think arguably interior defensive line is the biggest need of all right now. Um, man. You go Najee? Seems I'm, a little early. A little I'm, early. A little uh, early. Well, I'm just thinking Andre brought up the point in the group chat a while ago that he would really like oh, to yeah. see Denver get one of these kind of running back hybrid guys. I mean, I know wide receiver isn't really a need, so maybe you don't want to focus there. Maybe ETN is more of the fit at this point. But, I mean, if this offense could get even more dynamic with the playmakers, I mean, even if it is lock, he wouldn't have to play at an extremely high level for them to be productive. Yeah. What if you trade down? What if you swap with New England oh. here? Trade down. He takes a wide receiver. Yeah. Or a quarterback. I mean, or a quarterback. Or a quarterback. You'd go down to 15. You take Najee at 15. Maybe you're able to add like a third round pick or total something like second round pick. I don't know what the price would be to move up two spots. Probably not as as it would be, but you'll take anything. Who cares? Right. Get your guy. Right. Or you take any of the guys we just talked about, not even Najee, but Pay, Russo, anyone who just drops JOK. Um, I'll say this at this position, it doesn't make sense right now. I guess for the sake of this pick, I'll lock in Gregory Russo. I think that's a fun pick. I think that's really nice value um, for the Broncos. And I think there's really high upside of a Chubb Russo combo. And in the immediate Chubb Russo Vaughn 
could really recreate what you were starting with. And Malik Reed could really recreate what you had in that Super Bowl 50 run um, for the Broncos fit at this position and just how the draft works. People are really going to talk themselves into Xavier Collins, who's got edge size and off ball linebacker skills. He's phenomenal moving backwards. He's really good east to west downhill. He stinks. So you're going to sell him, sell yourself on him as an edge, but that's really not his game. But the tools are there. So he's another name just to throw out there. Hank, we should take a final break and then we're going to come back. We're going to preview all the bowl games until the 31st draft storylines with that. And we will close it out. We sure will. Uh, oh, you can all. Oh, no, no, no. Um, if you've never tried the rich CBD infused Strava Craft coffee, you can use code DMVR20 and save 20% off your first order. If you're a huge fan of Strava, uh, you can now save 20% by heading to their website and subscribing. You have the option of getting your coffee, coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks, and you get 20% off every single product that you're subscribed to. It's a great deal. You get that discount every time. And uh, by the way, Strava is CBD infused coffee. Um, it, it can help with so many different things. Obviously it has like all the positive effects that coffee does, um, but then also the positive effects of CBD. Like it helps with body pains or anxiety or whatever. Uh, it's helped a lot of people. Strava Craft Coffee in particular has helped a lot of people. Uh, so definitely check that out and use that code DMBR20 to get 20% off your first order or just subscribe and get uh, 20% off every order um, and get your coffee, coffee shipped to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. You can get that in grounds or beans or cake cups. Uh, it's a great deal. And uh, remember that supporting our partners is supporting us. Beautiful. Um, the Bulls previews really start on the 26th, what the Brits would call Boxing Day. Um, and we've got Louisiana against UTSA. Jake, big fans of that Louisiana um, backfield. Um, they're always fun to watch insanely doesn't get talked about enough they beat Iowa State they should be in a way better bowl than this they even got screwed out not playing their conference championship so we didn't get to see them against Coastal it'll be fun to see them I wish it was a better opponent than UTSA but hey I'll take it but really the big game Liberty Coastal Carolina this is a fun one Coastal favored here by seven. I think Liberty is going to be frisky. Justin, your thoughts. This is a game that's ripe for the upset, man. Mm, like I, I love what we've seen at a coastal this year. I, I think it makes all the sense in the world that they're touchdown favorites. I think they're the better team than Liberty. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to have the same juice for this matchup as Liberty. I just, I don't know if you're coastal, you ran the table. You're hoping you get that chance in the spotlight. Granted, you know, the curable it's in Florida. I imagine they'll have some fans in the stands. So maybe that's exciting, but man, kind of a bummer, kind of a bummer for a lot of these good teams, man. Yeah. San Jose state runs the table and they end up in the freaking Arizona bowl. It's just like, yeah, what are we doing here guys? When three great. lost teams end up in New York, New York's New York, like new years, my goodness, six bowls. How many times did I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> watch uh taron jackson is it the defensive end for coastal and uh the quarterback yeah. for liberty really nice prospect and auburn transfer there jake who you got um 
I think I'm going to stick with Coastal. I'm really intrigued by them, especially their style of offense. Uh, yeah. I Again, I only really watched the BYU game, but if they run, if they bring out that option attack again and kind of play ball control, yeah. I think that they can really take a stranglehold in this game and just own it from start to finish. This was the game we were supposed to get instead of the BYU Coastal game, wasn't it? Oh. I can't remember. It could be. That could be interesting, wasn't it? I, they, yeah, I think I do feel like this was on the table potentially. Huh. Hank, you taking the upset or are you with Jake on Coastal here? I'm uh, I'm not betting against Coastal. It's, it's just one of the things that I've decided on. Obviously, I, that's like a recent rule because it was only a couple weeks ago I said I was taking BYU against them. Um, but that's actually what caused it. Um, I mean – BYU is really, really good. And that's not to say that, like, Liberty isn't good. Coastal has proven that among those teams that I have such a hard time gauging, they they are the good one. And Liberty gets a shot to take that crown. But until then, I'm riding with Coastal Carolina. Love the divided set. I like Liberty as well. I like Liberty straight up. I love what JM is saying. And I love, the, you know, I love that quarterback, and I think Hugh Freeze will have some surprises on offense in this one. Um, we move on to Tuesday, December 29th. Get toasty by the fire. Watch some Oklahoma State against Miami. Low-key, really high level of entertainment. Honestly, kicking myself a little bit for not bringing him up, Jalen Phillips, one of the fastest risers in the draft, we're talking edge. Talk about a guy who needs his hand in the ground, not like an outside linebacker kind of guy. But he's a really intriguing name. And Oklahoma State, tons of guys wish their right tackle had an opted out already because that would have been a prime time. Chubba opted out too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we going to get to see Tillon in this and Derek King? Oh, I hope we get to see Derek King. Yeah. Oh, I know, my goodness. Man. Uh, yeah, I hadn't realized that that I hadn't they hadn't crossed my mind that he could opt out, but totally. I don't see that happening. King, just based on the the you know what we've seen out of him this year, he he's just one of those guys that wants to prove that he can play, and so I, I I'd have a really hard time seeing him, especially you know that he's a guy who's trying to like shoot up draft boards. That yeah, that's not the way to do think. it, and I, and I wouldn't credit him, but you know he's not a he's not a bona fide top pick or anything like that what would he truly get out of, out of sitting out of this game? I mean, you don't want to just bet on the combine and, and all that. Oklahoma State favored by two and a half. Oh, Miami's winning this game straight up. Yeah. I, yeah. The last time Miami were two-point underdogs that I remember was that Virginia Tech game, and they were two-point underdogs, and Miami won by two points. So I it could kind of go either way. I just don't know if Oklahoma State's going to have the firepower at this point. I don't really like the quarterback situation. You lose. Gundy's a fraud. <laughs> he is. Yep. Yep. You're going to lose basically your best offensive player in Chubba Hubbard. I I struggle to see Oklahoma State hanging around this game, especially if Derek King heats up, Brevin Jordan heats up, and Miami's just running down the field. Henry, you're with us. It's a it's a tough one for me, but I do think it's Miami. I do. Think okay. It's- this feels like a cheese game, guys. Be very careful. This Vegas knows something we don't know. So I, I warn you to sprinkle uh, Oklahoma State in this one uh, because, yes, Miami seems way too good to be true. We need to double-check some of the opt-outs. Hank, 
Alamo Bowl, Texas, Colorado. Good prospects, good prospects. Carson Wells, uh, the backfield for Colorado, plenty of talent there. And uh, Texas, you know, obviously Sam Ellinger. We'll see if we can see anything from uh, Joseph Asai, a guy who we didn't bring up, but definitely kind of in the mix of those edges who could be around for the Broncos at that pick. Um, this is a fun one, and buffs are nine and a half point dogs. What you got, Hankster? Well, they, they were 11 and a half point dogs. So Beautiful. Beautiful. Good news. Oh, I would have been all over that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all season football, basketball. I mean, what was the record? It was just a couple days ago. I don't think a game's been played since the bus were nine and two against the spread. And if so, then now they're 10 and two against the spread. So, I mean, and that's football, basketball combined. Uh, I, I think that this is another case where I don't think this is a 10 point game at the same time. Anything that's between conferences, you gotta yeah. be a little bit skeptical of. I, I, I'm not super strong in any of my takes about a lot of these bowl games, especially this year when there are no non-conference games. But, but to talk about this Alamo Bowl just a little bit, um, I'm calling it the Sam Bowl because it's Sam Ellinger versus Sam Neuer, the two quarterbacks. I think nice. that that's going to be fun to watch. I think that um, in a lot of ways, those two guys are very similar. And I think that just just who they are to their team and just the energy they bring, the, the type of player in some ways is very similar. And, and so I do think that watching those two go back and forth, if this is a tight game, it, it has the potential to be some really good stuff. Um, draft prospects for Colorado, the guys we've been talking about, you know, Carson Wells, Dre brought him up. The actually didn't make it onto either of the all pack 12 teams today. Just absurd. Leads the nation in uh, tackles for loss. loss. Yep. So he'll be out there. Uh, You got Terrence Lang. You've got Mustafa Johnson, who could be going to the draft. Um, And he's probably the only one. Maybe Will Sherman. We asked him today, and he said he hadn't thought at all about whether he's deciding on that um, or where he's going to go. Does Texas's run game scare you at all without Nate Landon? Um, Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it has to. That's that's now the big weakness is – who who's that guy they had two linebackers who were great now they have one um what issues are they covering for when nate lamo was gone it looked like he was covering for a lot of them um not nearly as much athleticism on the field with nate landon gone um definitely scared okay uh you're taking buffs plus nine and a half yeah easy jake money line is plus 310 dude yeah and like that like that honestly is the way to go because there there is a real world of course where sam ellinger goes out there and throws for 400 yards and they run for 200 more and the bus just get torched i don't think it's going to happen but you know these we haven't seen non-conference games we don't know what these conferences are um and so that i do think that the money line is probably some good value I'm assuming Samuel Cosme won't be playing in this one, but it'd be fun if he was. It would be. Um, Jake, who are you taking here? I think I'm going to go with Colorado as well. I just don't believe in Texas's defense. I think there's going to be a lot of sto- uh, scoring in this game. I think the over is definitely in play here. And I like I mean, I know Sam Ellinger for sure is probably going to put up points against this defense, especially without Nate Landon. Yeah. But I think it comes down to Sam Neuer. If Sam Neuer can ball, have a great game, and put up some points for the Buffs and they're in it late – I definitely think they cover. I think they have a chance of winning this game outright for sure, though, too. Yeah. 
Um, now I like the card again. We're not taking the cheese. We love all these dogs. We're doing the right thing. Iowa at Missouri, fun. Um, defensive prospects on either side. Nick Bolton, the linebacker for Mizzou, really talented kid. Gets a lot of Devin Bush comps. Some of that's hair-related. Some of that's legit. And then Davian Nixon, one of the fastest rising prospects in the entire draft, uh, making a strong argument for best interior defensive lineman in this class. And the more I study him, could become a real candidate for that Broncos pick in the first round. We have Iowa favored by 15 and a half. And I kind of like it, but JM's telling me don't do it. Justin, talk me off the ledge. That's the cheese, man. That's what you've been telling me about. Iowa, they just they don't score that much. And that that would that's such a massive spread. I I trust their defense. I do think they'll win and even double digits, I don't think is absurd, but 15 and a half. Oh, do we feel confident that they're a three possession victory, like better than their opponent? I don't know. No, probably not. Probably Missouri not. has been Solid so case. inconsistent this yeah. year, though. That's yeah. the they've been one so thing. frisky, though. Like, that's the thing is, yeah, they've been inconsistent, but I just I don't feel comfortable putting money that they're going to lose by three scores because of how they've been in in a lot of games that we just really didn't expect them to be. It's a classic bowl like the Texas Colorado, where so much depends on internal motivations. Because one of these teams could easily show up and be like, yeah, whatever, Music City Bowl. It was fun getting drunk this week, but who cares about the game? <laughs> um, and another team could come in being like, hey, we had a five and five season. This is our chance to like smack the number 15 team down and show, show peeps around the country we're for real. Jake, uh, so what you leaning on? Missouri's allowed 40-plus points in like five games this year. So if there is a chance for Iowa to just completely blow up the scoreboard, this is it. Mm. I, I I do like Iowa to win this game, but just like Justin said, 15 is just so massive. I guess I would take the Tigers to cover, but I do not feel good about it. I am not touching this game. Yeah. Mm. Henry? Uh, I'm I'm not going to touch it. And, nice. Good. You know, I feel like I'm in the exact same boat as everybody else. 15 points, like I, at least I'll probably, in in actuality, even though I wouldn't give this out as a thing that other people should do, I yes. would put the money on I would plus 15 because I plan on watching that game, and <laughs> that's gonna keep it interesting at least through the first half, right? I was going to say, this This game is going to be the only game on on Wednesday, December 30th, and I'm going to sit around at 1.30 and go, oh, man, am I really about to take That's Iowa true. minus 15? <laughs> it's I'm pretty sure we got OU versus Florida on the 30th, actually. Yeah, no, he's After saying at though. 2 p.m. Then at oh, 6 oh, p.m., you, you have the good one. Yeah. Uh, Florida, Oklahoma is a fun one. Jake, start us off with that. Um Offense galore, prospects Ooh. left and right, good yeah. stuff. Another insanely high over that we all kind of got burnt on last week with the Florida-Alabama <sighs> game. This one's at 72, I see. I Spencer Rattler game here. Can he go like possession, per, per, possession versus possession with Kyle Trask and kind of keep up? That's my question. I do think Florida would win this game. It spreads only two and a half. I think that's... I don't, I don't know. You tell me if this is cheese, but two and a half and I get Trask and Tony and Pitts. 
feels too good to be true. But again, internal motivations is going to be a lot of this. The over's intriguing. I don't know how you go Gators. I mean, I think it's Gators by a million if you've been watching them this year. But how much of that is me being enamored with what I just saw against Bama? You know, tough to tough to. It'll be hard for me to forget what Saban said after that game. They just couldn't cover Pitts and Tooney. They're playing basketball on grass, man, and even Alabama couldn't stop it. It's insane. Real quick, the F, uh, the ESPN's power football power index has Oklahoma at a fifty-seven percent chance to win this game. Rattler's been really good over the last month. Like, yeah, he's been a, good. they they put up some serious points. I know, you know, it, Iowa State. We can talk about how great are they, but that's a defense that's been pretty good. He lit them up pretty effortlessly, at least early. I know they they kind of they tightened it up there in the second half. If he could have a game where it's that entire first half, you know, I'd give him a shot. But I'm more intrigued by the over than really betting on either of these teams. If I were, yeah. I'd probably commit to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's probably the right take. You know, because what would you say the line was 75 and a half over under? 71 and a half. 71 and a half? Yeah. It, it felt crazy that Florida, Alabama, the SEC championship would be 74 and a half over under but then what happens there's 98 points in that game like they blew that out of the water and never I, even in question i i think that the over never. again as crazy as it sounds like you just got to take it and, and if you see something you like during the game you go ahead and live bet it i i lean florida but again these interconference things you just i i get scared yeah no florida death florida to me feels too good to be true but there you go. Um, that's going to do it. We're going to be back next week previewing the national the national semifinals and all the other big games coming up um, then. Thank you for tuning in. DMVR Fantasy. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you all. We will be back soon.